Hello, hello. This is Bill, and this is Gamers Lounge episode 142. Uh, we're recording beginning of March 2018. So, um, interesting recording this time. It is a uh, mobile studio recording. So Josh and I headed out to a Guild Ball tournament this weekend, and um, unlike many, many times, as we started our conversation and got two sentences into chatting in the car on the way to a tournament, uh, I remembered that I had a recorder, reached down, stopped our conversation, pulled out the recorder, and started back up actually recording. So what we have here is about an hour, basically an hour chat between two guys headed to a tournament for a lot of fun. Uh, most of this is Guild Ball. I, I want to say 90 plus percent. We talked about a little bit of God tier. Uh, I don't think there's any spoilers in here for either game, hopefully. Uh, anything that might have been spoiled probably has already been released on another podcast by now. And uh, with all that said, I mean, I hope you enjoy. Uh, if you want more of my opinions, Bill's opinions of uh, Guild Ball, uh, definitely leave me a message here, uh, bill at gamerslounge.coda.net. Uh, you can also go find me on my bi-weekly show uh, that I'm co-hosting with Phil over at Guild Ball tonight. So that said, let's jump in. Hold this. Oh, no. <laughs> Bill, no, not in the car. Yeah, so you don't listen to podcasts, so you don't know about the infamous Australian car ball. Oh. Which really just is copying the uh, Gamers Lounge mobile recording studio. Gotcha. So it's not a balls from down under kind of joke. It is not a balls from down under kind of joke. Good. I'm glad, I'm glad we've got no, that no, nailed no. down. So, uh, amusingly, I was on the... Uh, plane the other day and uh you know talking about jokes uh on the plane the other day for for business and this chick that got on the plane to denver i swear to god looked like a porn star dressed like a porn star built like a porn star she sat down so uh sounds like my kind of woman i'm glad we yeah, got that down i mean down. I, I i thought it would be good so i i had asked her i said you know hey how's it going good afternoon Oh, uh, what are next you, to you? What are you, yeah, oh, seat right next to me. Nice. And I was like, what are you going to Denver for? She's like, oh, there's a, you know, sex addicts clinic uh, going on out, and I'm <laughs> one of the speakers. I was nice. like, wow, you're a speaker. What are you talking about? And I'm thinking, damn, I just can't tell my wife this story ever. Right, clearly. Thank God we're recording it. Yeah, yeah. And so she says, you know, she, she was some sort of speaker, and she uh, basically she was there uh, to give a speech you know, at the convention a couple weeks ago, and I asked, oh, you know, I'm kind of interested in what your speech about. She goes, well, she dispels sexual myths. I was like, sexual myths? What's a sexual myth? She's like, well, you know, she says, you know, honestly, you know, things like people believe that uh, African-American or African men have the largest penises. It's actually American Indians. Yeah, nice. I was like, really? She's like, yeah, and, uh, you know, People believe that the French are the best lovers. It's actually Mexicans as a whole. It's like, wow. 
She's like, and uh, you know, I'm really sorry. I uh, I hadn't even caught your name, and here I am going into all this, all these kind of embarrassing items. I mean, I know I'm a speaker, but but what's your name? I'm like, oh, I'm Tonto Gonzalez. <laughs> Nice. You like that? Yeah, I do. That's good. <laughs> so, anyways, we were we were talking. We are on our way to the Gritty Goblin Guild Ball Tournament. Is and that we, the name of it? I, well, I don't know. It's, yeah, I didn't think so. It is a tournament at the Gritty Goblin uh, store. Which has opened up near us, so we're going to go support it. Merlin. Well, you know, close enough. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, we were talking about blacksmiths. And, um... You were you were saying you have a list. I have, as an expert blacksmith player, having never put the models on the table, I assume that makes right. me an expert. Right. Because I can't be proved wrong yet. Well, you've read it on the internet, right? Right. So. Well, I mean, maybe if I read something <laughs> on the internet. Um, so, no, I had a team I was curious about, and it was, uh, it's Burnish, Hearth, Furnace for the leader, for the captains, and then, or the masters, more accurately, with Burnish being the captain, most likely, um, followed up by Bolt, Cast, and Alloy as the Apprentices. Right. So, my initial piece of feedback was, I don't think Bolt goes good in a team unless you have... Ferris. Yeah, Doña Quixote. Uh, so, or Captain Horse, as Phil likes to call her. So, uh, and simply because I think without his free character play, I find playing Blacksmiths, I rarely give him influence. Now, when I do give him influence, it works well. He can go score with his three influence that he has, but I rarely give him influence. Uh, I use his free character play. Now, one of the things I was about to say, and, and will say now, is so, what I'm finding with Blacksmiths is, even though 12 influence is kind of standard, stock standard, or on the low side standard for most teams, uh, I am... They feel like they're short on influence to me until they get that first goal and get to 13 influence. And then at 13 and 14, it feels like they open up incredibly. And what that has led me to when I build is I start to, right from the beginning, look at my team and try to figure out where I'm allocating to the beginning, to the in the start of the game, so that that helps me pick my team because I usually end up with a couple of batteries I need on the team. So for the team you're looking at, for example, you're going to want four on Burnish. Yep. Right? Because you're going to want to be able to do his... I mean, your whole point here is to do damage. Yeah. Well, my whole point is to do character plays. Character plays. Uh, but really, it's also the... It, what you designed is effectively the damaging team. Okay. So okay. having never played it, there's a lot of pretty that I ignored. Things like Iron and Sledge who have very high damage yep. potentials on their books. And I was like, mm, I don't <coughs> I don't want to play that game specific. I didn't want to and I didn't put singled out in. True. True. So I'm avoiding it, that's why it was a little more character play focused than it is straight murder ball. Right and I hear you. I think what you'll find though is with that team you've brought the majority of the damage dealers. Yeah. So I mean, don't get me wrong, it's it's slightly <laughs> where the it's definitely where the bent of the team is going. Yeah. So so with that, especially doing character plays, right? You're gonna want four on burnish, because you're gonna want to do Right. He's gonna be the captain ninety percent of the time. And he's gonna want to do fire shot twice in a turn, and then one turn you wanna do your legendary and shoot it a third time. So there's four of your twelve already gone. Right. You wanna do most likely one, possibly two, onto Hearth, right? One lets her choose to give out two-inch reach 
or give two, two extra successes, successes to an to apprentice. A, an apprentice, right? If you put two on her, she can do both. So assume that at one. So now you're talking about five out of your 12, you're down to seven. Mm-hmm. Alloy always wants four because, well, he's pretty much your do everything guy. Uh, whether he is throwing dirty knives, making an attack, or going to kick the ball. Right? You're, you're putting four on him. It's hard not to. So with that being the case, now you're talking about nine of your 12 gone. You have three left. And we've only covered three of the players on the team. You know you're putting one on Furnace because you want to tool up. Yep. Right? So that's ten, and now you have two left. And you have Cast, and you have one other player. So... I wasn't planning on dumping four into Alloy regularly. Okay. That was... Alloy would be interesting because of... Alloy, I really like because he's universal, but also like... Because he's super missed. True. And he he tied into a lot of the different things I was looking at when I first started looking at building. I was like, oh, if I run um, Ferrite and make her the captain. Yep. Then I can... And then like... um, Then his... uh, his dirty knives can start hobbling everyone, and he can go trigger dirty knives multiple times just by hitting the target. Momentous dirty knives. Yep. The only reason you got to be careful with that is because she actually puts hobble on people. <laughs> what do you mean? Uh, Ferrite has a uh, character play, or I'm sorry, a trait. Yeah. Called, Every time she called goes, hobble. Right. Every time she does damage. Right. But her legendary mm-hmm. would allow um, alloy to put fer- uh, to hobble yeah. uh, four different people. No. Nope. At range. Her her legendary doesn't hand out hobble. Her, her legendary, legendary hands out. Her legendary allows every friendly guild model within six inches to get plus two plus two move and hobble. Mm. Okay. So the idea there was if I have someone knocked down or crowded out or whatever, because it's right. three successes on his five book. Yep. Or stack five. He starts going up and just hit people and then go. Basically, the old. Um, the shark, yeah. shark legendary. The old shark, yeah. You know, he goes up and hits someone and goes, ha-ha, take dirty knives, so one damage, poison. And hobble. Minus one defense and hobble. And does that four times at range six. Yeah. is was one of the ideas I ran with. Obviously, Ferrite didn't stay in. But she's <laughs> in my tent, probably. But it would be not in my planned primary six. Right. Um, but I was like, oh, maybe I'll do that, because that's hilarious. Um, there was someone up. Then I was looking at, you know, both Searing Strike and see if there was a way to um, be able to do Searing Strike at range. But there isn't. He doesn't He doesn't give out the ability to give Searing Strike. Cinder, so if Cinder gets Burning Strike, right. if Furnace is in. But not Searing Strike. But not Searing Strike, which yep. was too bad. Um, and I guess that's sort of where I'm at is, for me, you're left with that last spot. Even if you only put a couple on Alloy, I'm assuming those couple are going to go shift and be shifted over onto... Cast. Onto Cast, who cast hasn't is, gotten any yet. Well, Cast was cast is the hidden gem, I think, in this team concept. It's not very hidden, let's be honest. If you played against so Blacksmiths, yeah. right? But because with Tooled Up on Cast and... Them being on fire from Burnish, you're getting four damage on two successes. Yes, you are. Momentous four damage on two successes. And um, you get an absurd amount of damage if she hits the top of her book. Right. I think it's six or whatever. Right. She jumps She jumps to a six at the top of her book. 
and her book is not long like a lot of apprentices books are she has uh, attack five and her books five so most masters have a short book yep outside of uh, the first guy the guy who goes Burnish. with iron oh Anvil. Anvil. Anvil is the only one. No, no, no. The one, uh, Farite goes with Iron, and she has a short book. No. Anvil's the one I meant. Anvil is the one, you're right, uh, Anvil's the one that goes with Sledge. Anvil goes with Sledge, right. Anvil is the only one with a normal size book. Only Master with a normal size book. So, keep in mind, Cass does have a long book. Does she? She has a long book, but she has six at the top of her book. Alright, so her book goes to six and it has a six at the top, which means if we can get a couple of crowd outs or, or else in there, right? she becomes tooled up and on fire, she becomes an eight at the top of her book. And that's easier to do if you put two onto hearth. Now, I didn't fully yes. calculate my, my allocation, and I know that you said that's the challenge of blacksmiths, because yep. we've talked about this before, but if you give cast two-inch melee and two successes... Maybe you're likely to get, or you charge in and you just go. I'm going to wrap, right? And I'm only going to I'm only going to get one attack, but it's going to wrap, and you know, sucks to be you, right? Take eight and ten, four more ten, right? For a net put a net cost of four influence, which is ten for four is not bad. It's not stellar, but it's not bad. Um, then I like Cinder as the as a ball holder. Well, and that's what I was thinking. Cinder instead of bolt. Cinder instead of bolt. The problem is, if you're using Cinder to hold the ball, who are you holding the ball for in this team? Except to hold it from deny your opponents. You hold it to deny your opponents, and you're holding it to ultimately give it to Alloy. Right, and have him go or, to gold. Or Furnace, because Furnace is also a 3-8. Right, and, and the team has a decent amount of movement with uh, match experience... I believe it's called from Hearth. Yep. Where every time the person who makes a pass oh, the, is in the aura and chooses to spend one influence to, or one momentum yeah. to dodge for. Passer and receiver gets the to receiver dodge. also gets to dodge. The other nice thing about Cinder, and a lot of people have seen this trick. Um, I think most people pick it up like the second or third time they play the two together. Right. Is Hearth gives her two successes to to Cinder, Cinder can now make a single attack at six inches. Yep. And tackle the ball on one net success. Yep. Which is usually two net hits. So, so she was originally, because I was, I've struggled to find an identity about how I wanted to play the team. Yep. Because it does a lot, of, there's a lot going on in Blacksmith's, a lot of choices. Uh, and I didn't want to go standard, like, the, the best goal scoring team I came up with is the team that you regularly play. <laughs> right. Right. And I was like, oh, well, I don't want to just do that. And then the backup to that team is not much different. Right. So I was like, oh, well, let me... So I liked Cinder a lot as a ball retrieval person because of the attack at six inches where people can't react. And if you... And the thing I found with Cinder is if Cinder goes in, she always gets one. To make that attack, basically, if you need uh, well, it. To make that attack or to kill the ball. Or to just put fire on someone to slow their movement down. I've never actually used her for that. True, but you also don't play Furnace. True. Well, I've, I've actually played him a couple of games. The game's not... Well, I mean, you've played all of them. Yeah. But 
Um, I, so what I what I end up finding that kill the ball play, right? The one that re-kicks it from your goal. Uh-huh. Um, with cast, when you have cast in there, the fact that cast can knock Captain America shield shield knock the ball. Y two seventy South Baltimore, Washington. There we go. So because um, cast can use that Captain America shield throw to knock the ball off. Yep. Um, the ball is you, you know it's it's not unreasonable for the ball to be sitting out just on the field. Yep. And once it's out on the field, it's very easy for Cinder to get within six inches of it and let you kick it back out from your goal. Which which was one and technically I think doesn't burnish not burnish yeah burnish might also have that play possibly yeah. so I would have that times two. It, it was my one of my backup points. I don't is know just how. A slower. Yeah, I don't know how, how. I wasn't sure how impactful that play was going to be. It, it was. I thought about it when I put it, put him in there, but, but I wasn't you, sure. Yeah, then you have to think, right? Do you want to take? Do you want to put an extra one on Burnish or take one off of Burnish and to kill the ball to be able to kick it back out from your goal as opposed to doing another flame belch. So I like I like keeping Burnish at four because if I need to do that, like if it has to happen, he can spend one to run to get the extra two inches. Oh, you mean five. No, no. Keeping Burnish at four. Oh. So instead of one flame belch, I have the option to run and kill the ball. Huh. If, okay. if I need to, right? Or I just throw... I try to potentially just throw more flame belches. Yeah. But if I, if I need it to, I don't have to have changed my allocation on the off chance that something happens. I just change what I would do. So what team do you think is the right team to play that team into? I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, I don't, but mostly because um, having never actually played them, like, they'll be good into high armor teams. All character plays, all character play base teams are very good into high armor teams because they don't care about armor. Yep, so... Um, farmers are probably good. Blacksmiths. Right, they're probably good into farmers because farmers tend not to have high defense. They do have a lot of health, so that's where cast will actually have to get work done, and I can't just kill them with ranged character plays. Yeah, I would that, be worried about being able to push through the healing. Right, and that's why I said it's not... That's not You're not going to use character plays to kill people. You're going to try and use them to soften them up enough to make, when you do go in to kill them... E- uh, easy enough. Yeah. Then, then you know, high armor teams, maybe Masons, uh, which is popular right now. And that, so those were the two teams I thought it would be good into. And I think those are two very popular teams at this moment, which is you know March of 2018. Right. Yeah. Not necessarily a bad thing. Now I don't actually know how it plays in either of those because I've never played it. Ahead. But it was. The things that that was the way I was thinking about. That was what I was considering. I can see that. And you know, who knows where you, farmers are going? So it may get easier or harder, right? Based on the future of that team, right? Well, and then I mean, even you said the more you've looked at the blacksmiths, they are clearly built around being a scoring team. I certainly say it's the easiest. It's the most cohesive team I could by by far the most cohesive team I could come up with. Having never actually played them, right? But when I actually sat down, because you, you're like, "Oh, look, he's got tons of damage." Oh, look, he's got tons of damage. And then you just go, "Wait a minute, what if I actually put them together as a cohesive unit?" Goal scoring seems to be their the thing that they work together best at, right? Yep. Every, and then maybe how they were intended to play is maybe a two-two. 
most likely a three-score team or a two-goal team, and you get a kill, and then whatever's easiest last right. is probably how... Because, to be fair, you can pump out a ton of damage with their melees. It just... It doesn't... They don't combine as a group to do it. Right? You send one person going can go off and just melee and crush well, somebody. Well, it's like... They, I mean, their damage to me feels like... Uh, it feels like a uh, a paired set of how the union was originally, right? Yeah, you, know, you take a master and apprentice; they're going to work together and deal out a, and between the two of them, deal out a ton of damage. Yeah, well, but you still have to pair up. It's it's you know working in pairs instead of working as super solos. They're super duos. True. So the the thing I would say, and I've only played against them a couple times, but what I'll say about the blacksmiths as a team is that as a team they play for goals. Yeah. You, that's much more not necessary, not constrained to the duos. Not constrained to the pair of master or apprentice. That's because you can pass to anybody and they can, you know, like, um, that's where Cinder and Bolt are working together. They have some janky way to get, yeah. You know, like, there's a lot of that where across the whole team they're working together for goals but I think you're right for killing they mostly run in pairs right and it's mostly the master going to set the apprentice up because masters have uh, except for one person no momentous damage results well and even it's funny I actually heard a lot of commentary about Furnace being the uh, oh Furnace is actually kind of respectable on his damage and I keep looking at him going Sure, I could do damage with him, or I could take my striker alloy and just start dishing out five here and there. Right, and that's what. I, so that's the masters are actively designed not to have yeah a large damage because you can dump five into them, or they don't want you to go around doing obvious things. Well, they don't the control. have the yeah. They don't have the. I just meant like the super up and just, centerpiece captain, right? Like every every other team does. Um, so I think. I, I, I think that that's why I think the team that's why people have mostly played the team goal scoring because it's easier to, to have a plan that works that's hard to stop because everyone contributes to it right whereas if you're doing if you're doing murder ball and you're running pairs or duos then you've got a master who goes in and sets something up then they have to not mess that plan up and then have the apprentice come in but it also means that your order of activation is fairly limited like tight because you don't you only have one person who's going in right there to, to try and murder someone. Likely, will, mostly. I will say this. they Every time somebody talks about or we talk about blacksmiths, I find out they're better than I thought they were before. Because, uh, God, how long have I been playing them? Since I got them at... Since before I got them? No, since I got them at SteamCon. Yeah. Right? And uh, playing them regularly. Yeah, I had completely missed that... Uh, Ferrite's legendary also hands out hobble. I've only ever used it for the movement. Yeah, as if the movement wasn't enough. Right. She <laughs> has the best legendary yeah. of any of the masters. I, yes. And it's that's it, why it's why she's the captain. That is why she's hard not to be the captain of, the, and certainly the captain of every football team. Oh yeah. Like if you're playing for goals, I think hands down she's the captain. Although, I, the thing, the problem, I actually like Amble's ability to make everyone dodge too regularly. I like That's that a lot. That's a character play. It is. The no, problem I, is, I, you got to put Amble in to do it. Right. Right. 
and that's it's funny how that works that like you have to take the master to be able to use his ability true but the problem is his return uh, on an investment is low like it's hard I have not admittedly outside of invest and um, observer at this moment because I have not played him yep but it seems hard to choose to take him over other people I will tell you it is and that's and, and I, I like him he is the big I mean come on he's a giant dwarf model yep like the model looks good the I, and he's the one with knocked out on one I think right I did right red is that Washington Old Lady has knocked out on one. Too. Old Lady is the other one with knocked out on one. And Old Lady has knocked out on one, and for one turn of the game, she's three inch reach. Yeah, so I I really like Anvil. Like, I first read Anvil's card, and I was like, I really love Anvil because he's got singled out, knock, momentous knocked out on one, and he's got the uh, everyone dodge. Like, those are awesome uh, things. Look, in my original plan team was Ferrite as captain, right? Ferrite, iron. Uh, hearth, alloy, anvil, sledge, so that I had a backfield, basically a backfield set of goalies. And you can almost guarantee the goal turn one. And I can guarantee the goal, yeah, well, pretty much. I said almost, yeah, but, with the dodge, but I, have, I have the guys in the back, the dodge from Dan, Anvil pushed people up, so it was a good turn one. Uh, sledge sits back there and has long bombs, so if I have to get the ball back out, I plant it near him after if somebody else scores, right? and then he picks it up and lobs it, you know, half a field away. I actually had a question about long bomb. Yeah. So it says it can't be intercepted. It's so long bomb is a ten inch pass that can't be intercepted. Right. Technically, what long bomb is is a character play that says when this model makes a pass, it's a ten. It can go up to ten inches or plus. Go up to ten inches. It's ten inches and can't be intercepted as a general rule. Yep. Model still blocking on a site for that pass. To the left, as far as I know. Baltimore. So you don't actually get to ignore intervening models. Well, because originally, uh, as a engineers player, periodic <laughs> engineers player, I was, which also has long bomb. Right. I was planning on continue straight for twenty minutes to exit eighty, Maryland thirty two, Sykesville. Yep. So Fox one of the things so I know everybody is, should be following these directions. Right. You should know exactly where we are <laughs> at this moment in time. Not when you're listening, but when we record it. Um, because I always wanted to have like velocity camping out at eight inches from the goal, as and then long bomb it to them, which can't be intercepted, and then snapshot the goal. It's snapshot, yeah, but you still have to make the goal. You still have to make the pass. Make well, the pass, right? Right, because because velocity being a four eight and being able to bonus time after that, <laughs> is, chances of her making the goal are really low. <laughs> I've played enough engineers to know that four kick is a trap, yeah. and you should count that as a two kick because. That's the way the dice go. <laughs> but that being said, now you, I believe you still, you still take interference from no line of sight. You still, still take interference from intervening models, but nobody can grab the ball if you miss the pass and it lands in the open, or if you just kick to the open. I wonder if that actually changed because I thought it used to say ignore intervening models just as a concept which meant it, but maybe I'm yeah I'm not sure either way it doesn't say that now so I was just making sure I understood that before I uh, attempt at some point it's it's a safe way to lob the ball down the field right and it's not supposed to be long bombs in general 
if you ever played soccer, are not the most accurate things. They are a, we get it down there and you run under the ball again. <laughs> Fair enough. I've never played soccer. As a goalie, I can tell you, bobbing the ball is a thing. <laughs> So what are you playing today? Farmers. Probably Farmers. What with that being the only team I have with me? Most likely Farmers. Or I'll just proxy a whole team and just let them be confused. Oh, I like that. Right? Oh, you didn't know that was Hoist? And that Hoist works in Blacksmiths? I don't understand what the problem is. <laughs> oh, God. Hoist and Blacksmiths would be amazing. We should make that happen. Well, we could. We could do a snake draft. Which has some special drafting things, but you basically make whatever hell, whatever the hell team you want. Yeah, I feel like Hoiston's really strong in a snake draft situation. Just because he gets... You double down on whatever else you pick up. Yeah. Unless you don't care about character plays, or, you know, you care about two-inch reach. Because he doesn't have those. So I am very torn. I, uh... Kind of want to play my blacksmiths, but they're not painted. And I know that's still tournament legal, but, uh... Well, you know, I brought painted. It is not so tournament legal. It's just incurred. You no. might be getting a special exemption. No, it's entirely tournament legal. Plastic teams, plastic teams can be played un, unpainted. Wow, winning! That was the latest. Um, that was the latest OPD update. Hell yeah! Josh doesn't ever have to paint his models now, <laughs> as long as I only play blacksmiths and farmers. Right. Well, so guess what? I and all the new teams when they and get all the new teams when, when they, they get, get plastic. their plastic. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's yeah, good. basically. I mean, but I still like putting my... Like, I have an entire bag of painted models. It kind of feels wrong to put... Nerd! Yes. Yes. Painted models. Who does that? Uh, I've been enjoying playing my blacksmiths. Or, I mean, my uh, morticians. Yeah, right. Amusingly, I'm still putting an unpainted model on the table when I... Or at least in my ten when I play my morticians. You mean Skulk? Skulk, yes. Yeah. Because I love Skulk. Skulk is he's a little so broken. good. He is a little... Do you think he's broken? I haven't actually played against him yet. He's irritating. I say because you were about to say broken. I, well, I said... I, I did. Um, the problem is... I, I don't think there's a ton of answers to him. Right? Like, he just sits there and is annoying enough to actually tip the numbers mathematically, I think. Yeah, without doing, quote-unquote, a lot. The, um, the limitation, I believe, is on him is positioning play either sloppily by the person playing him or positioning play not sloppily, intentionally, by... Uh, by the person trying to get around him. And the reason I say that is both of his his you know, follow-up and his uh, lightning reflexes are both directly towards. Yeah, follow-up is definitely directly towards. And that can get tricky sometimes. It, it definitely gets tricky. I have played with numerous directly towards situations. Follow-up in general is always directly towards, and I've used that to trap people. Yep. Halfway halfway followed up, and then like, oh, darn. I'm like, sorry. Well, in follow-up in Guild Ball, typically, I mean, the, the people who have had follow-up in Guild Ball are models like Dirge. I, that's the only one I can think of, actually. Uh, there was one more. Um, was Minx? Or, yeah, doesn't Minx have it? Uh, Minx might, yeah. So, but Dirge flies. 
True, right? So dirge, dirge follows up no matter where you are. He just takes parting blows. Right. I was like, and the other the other challenge for follow up is the fact that it's a jog and not a dodge. Right. Uh, which helps a lot. But for the most part, Skulk basically wants to wander out to midfield, find your striker out on a wing or whatever, and then just stand by him and hug him a little bit. Right. And that's what I mean. Without doing, quote-unquote, a whole lot, he can be very impactful to the game. So, uh, Skulk and Pelage. I heard a great, uh, on the Double Dodge uh, podcast, uh, Perkins was on there, Jamie Perkins, and he had a great analogy. His description of Pelage and uh, Skulk were when you put them in the morticians team but really anywhere they're like the creepy kids at high school that follow you around and you just don't want near you yeah nice because <laughs> Pelage basically walks up to you and you're like I don't want to fight you just go away and she just stands around giving you damage and snared yep damage or snared their choice well uh, actually <laughs> typically it's going to be both because you'll choose snared and then she still gives you damage That was the trickiest thing playing against Pelage. I played a game against Pelage the other day. So she has her, uh, she has two abilities. Cloak of Rats. Cloak of Rats, which is the, you, the opponent, chooses damage or snare. Then she also has, is it Grim Caress? Yes. So each time an enemy model ends its activation, engaging this model. Engaging her. The enemy model suffers damage. Right, so hello, two-inch reach. So I was playing my two-inch reach union team. Right. And uh, basically, we had this big scrum going on. Um, this is one of my games in Denver. Uh, big scrum going on around a obstruction, one of the broken egg obstructions, right? So the pillar of stone. And Obulus is in there, and I've brought in Graves and everybody else. And then he just casually walks Pelage in. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I engage, I move. I engage, I move over here, I start attacking Obulus. Good, I'm done. He's like, and take three. It's like, what are you taking? Damn it. Okay, let's try this again. Well, and, but that's, that one's not forced. Like, the other one I can't do anything about because it's a decision uh, that the rat catcher player right. makes, right? But, my choosing to leave my models there or to end my activation with my models there is the challenge. Or to not kill her. Because if you kill her, then she's not there for you to end your activation. And she's game. actually more challenging to kill than okay. I expected. 5-0 in cover is already tough. And even though it's only 10 health, the fact you get no momentum off of her. That's true. It's the no momentum is... is I actually really like the no momentum thing. I, I, I liked it a lot on... Um, yeah. Wendell. Yeah, Wendell. Yeah, it's it's tricky. I I just found this. She uh, she was not often in the fight we were in. She was not often worth focusing on. Uh, if I was going to focus on her, it wasn't getting me as far ahead as focusing elsewhere. But she could. My opponent could sit her near the combat in the right position where it was hard to be positioned appropriately to attack my targets. I.e. To trap uh, to trap Obulus in, or you know, go after uh, you know, go after Graves and different players like that, and still not be engaging her. Right. And and that's 
I mean, I think that's the design that they were going for. Is and the same thing. The same thing is true for for Skull. Like we said, they can do a lot without doing without actively doing, doing things. Right. Um, which so I haven't. Been, I didn't watch the video of the Ratcatchers game, and I haven't read all of the Ratcatchers cards. Yep. The concerning part of all of this, and they already have. If they have two characters, which we've already talked about. That do a lot without doing much, without needing much investment or right. having to accomplish much. What happens when you put the rest of your influence on Right. Where's the rest of the influence going? And that gives them a very strong clock game. Yes. Right? So both the what happens when someone does get a bunch of influence and can use it effectively, that'll be scary as hell. And if you have to focus that person to stop them from doing all the things they're trying to do, as soon as that person's off the oh that character's off the map. Then, so, then they've got a very strong clock game against you. Right. So you have Rattlist, uh, Scourge, right? So Rattlist uh, only gets three influence. I think he only brings one to the game. Yeah. Um, but he's really, he's your finisher and your bigger damage dealer. Uh, as long as he is poisoned, or I'm sorry, as long as he is diseased, he's doing plus one damage. He's spreading disease around, so he makes it harder to for other people to heal and do in strip conditions. And he has and big breakfast. So that's close, at least according to what I have. So that's Scourge. That's Scourge. Right, and he has snack break, not big break. Snack break, I'm sorry, snack break. So he gets the plus one BP. Um, he does have increased damage. He does start out diseased. He has the plus one damage while diseased. Yep. Um, and he's got tough eye. So I think you're... And he I, always gets re-diseased. And he always gets re-diseased. I think you're putting... We don't really know what their team looks like, but we could probably assume... I mean, they're probably a standard team, right? So if he's only bringing one... And oh, he brings uh, two. He's a 2-3. Oh, does he bring two? He's a 2-3. So he caps out at three. So we could probably safely assume they're a 13-influence team. Probably. Right? Four for a captain, one for a mascot, two for the other four. Yeah. So if we're assuming they're a 13-influence team, I think you're putting... I think you're putting three to four on Pelage. Even though she doesn't need it, it can just sort of drift around. Hmm. As long as you're facing dudes, she also dishes out the damage. She does have killer, which is plus one damage to playbook results when, um, against She wants to be in the fight anyways. She does. She has singled out, so yeah. if nothing else... Just put singled out. Just put singled out on two or three models is always really good. Right. So figure four is going to her, leaves you nine left. Three is going to go to Rattlist. Scourge. Right, Rattlist. Scourge. Rattlist. Glad we got this out of the way. <laughs> so I opened my phone I was like, I don't see a Rattlist. This doesn't help. <laughs> Scourge. There we go. Also known Rattlist. as Rattlist. <laughs> <laughs> Um, right, so, so you probably have seven allocated there out of your 13. Your other six is going to be spread around. And we haven't, well... We haven't, other than the stream, we haven't seen... Any captains. Whatever the... We haven't seen the captain other than the stream. And we haven't seen the uh, the cloaked chick. So, it'll be interesting. 
Um, I think they're going to be a pretty standard distribution team, right? Throw two on the Scourge. I actually think the Rat is going to have... Um, the guys on the pitch were talking about the Rat, and I think they missed in their discussion. Granted, they haven't played with it yet, so they're only going off of what uh, what they saw in the video. But I think they missed a, a big trick, which is the Rat has something called uh, Horrifying Screech or something along those lines. Uh, this is the mascot. And it turns a target enemy model well going off of what they played in the, right, in the stream yeah. it turns a target enemy model into a friendly model to make a jog so you get to I get to take control of one of your models and make a jog with it and it becomes friendly to me while it's doing that right so exit to exit 80 Maryland 32 Sykesville Clarksville I mean so it's it's a lot like Obulus the, the main trick people do with Obulus right What's amusing to me on that is the rat has a tag-along. Oh, nice. So, if you're engaging the rat or whatever it is... Or even the, nearby, because you can walk nearby, into the bay. Or the rat comes in and attacks you. I don't know if it's triggered off his playbook or not, but, right, as long as he's nearby, he tells you to jog away and then follows you to make sure you're still ganged up at the end of the uh, move. That's good. I mean, any any... Placement altering stuff we know is super strong, right? Yeah, especially because the rat can also, if they're friendly, then you can make them drop the ball. Just all the stuff that Obvious already does. Well, you can only drop the ball during your activation. Oh. Okay. That's why I can't make you drop the ball when I make you run with, uh, with, with. Uh, right, but you can make, but you can bring the ball can, to them. I can bring the ball to you, and I can, I can make you pick up the ball. Yes, and that's the irritating one. Right. Because obviously it's like, oh, you're not going to pass it to me? Well, then you should just walk it over here. Right. And I'm always like, but I don't want to. Who has tackle? Who has tackle? Most of the time it's knocked down. Let's be honest. I'll, I'll be like, yeah, whatever. Screw it. Now, you had that whole game where you did nothing but tackle the ball off your guys as they left. Yeah, it was once. The other time I knocked him down. I thought it was like... No, nope, the other time I just that. wailed on him and knocked him down. Because <laughs> I didn't have a... I didn't get what I needed to tackle. So... So that brings up, so we don't know, and this, this this might be preemptive, we don't know what Falconers have, we don't know their rules. Well, we know they have the Wily Coyote Birdman. I should rephrase, I don't know <laughs> anything about the Falconers, so I can't talk intelligently about them. Not that that's ever stopped me, I want to be clear. Right. But, but and... We haven't seen all of enough of the details about rat catchers. It does seem like I'm not, I'd say more interesting, but more interesting is not exactly what I mean. But a lot of the newer teams have a lot more going on than the older ones, than some of the original ones. And what do you mean by going on? It's funny. Phil and I just had this discussion uh, based off a question we got, or I got on one of my trips about the question I got was did I feel that the new teams are overpowered or being designed more powerfully you know has there been power creep in the game uh, I've gotten some good response online to that discussion from the podcast from the Gilbalt Tonight podcast uh, where actually a friend of our people don't feel that way good. Um, one uh, 
Yeah, specifically Mr. World Champion uh, Alex Botts. Ooh, what did he say about it? He thinks it's completely balanced? Uh, no, he thinks farmers are over the curve. Everybody else is pretty uh, pretty well balanced. I was going to say, because I thought when originally he thought farmers were in line. Originally. Um, I can't speak for him on that. I, I, I know I, on the latest response he gave me was... I, I know more recent, like even after he won with them, he was definitely, even before he won with them, he was of the opinion they were over the curve. Yeah. I just think Alex is over the curve and needs to be nerfed. Exit right to exit 80, Maryland 32, so, like, Clarksville. Break a finger before every game? To the right. <laughs> every game. Ooh, I like that. Before every game. Well, yeah, it's got to get more and more nerfed. <laughs> Look, if he keeps... Put it this way. Maybe break a finger for every game he wins at a tournament. Oh, Alex. Alex is going to be afraid to come to the spring fling now. Is he? Not really. He's from Chicago. I'm pretty sure they, uh... He'll come in with an IV, and you go, crap, he's ready. <laughs> Just start that morphine drip. <laughs> so, but that was the question, right? So you're talking about having more things going on. I'm, I guess the words I found... Power right was a little Maryland bit of it. 32, Clarksville. But then stay to the right to Maryland 32 South. Nice. Shush you. <laughs> what I really meant... So originally I considered power, but I really mean outshine. Right? Like, because they have the more cool... The, right the more interesting... Right, you know, I'm just going to give us a minute to get... Yeah, for us to get through the exit. The three-way exit, whatever it's talking about. <laughs> Mostly because she doesn't like me, apparently. Yeah, clearly not. No defense this time, I say. Well, good. So yeah. they, so the new teams... I feel like the new teams outshine, outshine right? Like, they've got more of the... Where the God? Tell me more. 29 South, are you sure? <laughs> um, I feel like the new teams kind of outshine and are more interesting. Not necessarily more powerful, per se, but more interesting and more than the original teams. And I feel like it's potential that the original teams will fall into disuse because they just aren't as interesting or i.e. potentially fun to play as the newer ones. So essentially you're Outside saying, of new shiny. Yeah. I don't mean new shiny. So the old teams basically are too direct. Right. Or they don't they don't have as much going on so they So they it's feel not a lackluster. Thing. It's they not a balance. They can win just as easily but Right. I feel like they will feel lackluster because they just don't have as much they're not they don't have as much to do, or it's not, not as much to do because more isn't always better. Obviously, take that to be so, blacksmiths. Well, I was going to say, I, I kind of wonder though. Um, and I, I don't, I don't feel like I bring this up a lot, but one of the complaints when I played Malifaux early on is that it was too complex of a game. There were too many things to remember. It was that everything did too much. It wasn't simple enough. Okay. And that they they actually, one of the reasons I left, right, I like that. One of the reasons I stopped playing was because their revision of their game, their addition change, oversimplified a lot. And I was very unhappy with that. I felt like it ruined the game. So the weird thing from having talked to you multiple times, you always felt that War Machine had a lot of gotchas in it. A lot of gotchas. But yeah. I think what the come it wasn't gotchas to people who knew everything about what could happen. Right? I didn't get gotcha because I knew everything my opponent could do. And I feel that I, I view that as complexity. 
So it's interesting when you talk about Malifaux being very complex and you like that and you didn't like it when they simplified it, but I think that's because you were the same way I was in War Machine where you knew the interactions so they weren't gotchas to you. It wasn't, oh, because um, where your opponents were like, this isn't fun because you keep doing stuff and I don't see it coming and you just get to do whatever. So I think here's one of the differences I see. War Machine, with the gotchas, seemed to me, and it, purely to me, and it still kind of seems this way, although I haven't played, actually I haven't played at all in, in Mark Three or whatever it is, the, the latest world of public playtesting. Uh, which is clearly not a paid playtest, right? Oh, is that what we're going to bring up? Yeah. Oh. Oh. <laughs> um, no, I in the in the world in whatever the current version of whatever they're calling the current version. Well, it's, of it's Mark Three with the CID. Okay, so it's in Mark, Mark Three, three yeah. I haven't played at all. I still have my my. I should drag out my army at some point and play again, or at least try Company of Iron. I do want to try Company. Of Iron. I actually do too. I we've talked about that a we fair have. amount. But I felt like the gotchas were always game-ending. It was sort of like, oh, I didn't know you did that, and because of that, I have no recovery, game's over. Or, and because of that, you assassinated my caster. Or, and because of that, you just scored 9,000 you know, uh, scenario points, and now you just need to pick off the rest of my models to get a maximum score. Where in Malifaux, I felt like there was complexity, and it wasn't game-ending. Right? It was, oh, crap, that seems really strong. Is there a way I can break that down? Now, the other side I saw in Malifaux is there's very few things in Malifaux that just happen. Right? There's very few. Uh, I'll take the, uh, who's the, is it, uh, is he a werewolf guy or whatever? The 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 amazing leaping circle of Ouroboros guy. Uh, Karn? No, he's not a Karn. Oh, you're, not, you're still talking about War Machine. Sorry. Go thought, back to War Machine. Sorry, right? I thought go you were talking about a Malifaux model. It's like, you know I never nah, played that, I'm, right? I'm switching back <laughs> and forth. So go back to War Machine. So there's uh, there's a circle of Ouroboros guy who can basically leap oh, halfway you're talking across about the, the board. Yeah. Right? A caster. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. whatever that guy's name was as the caster, I felt like his he's got a gotcha. If you end a turn within 37 inches of him or whatever... You're dead. It's probably more like 19 or 24. But, uh, <laughs> I'm sure it's probably not even nearly that high. No, I um, I know it was somewhere around 20. I mean... I do the, know it was somewhere around 20. So, the one who was way worse was Bradigus. Okay. So, Bradigus, because you could teleport him with the stones and then pop his... Ult, uh, his... Whatever. Legendary, yeah, heroic, his, ultimate, whatever. Um, his feet. Feet. Thank you. Uh, to then slide a bunch of inches. So, yeah. So this was one I played in, in years back. This, this is right. I know who you're talking about. Dixon and E. Chris. And so basically, this guy. It, it didn't matter if I put models in the way. It didn't matter what. If my caster, if he had not used his feet, my caster ended within somewhere around 20 inches of him. Chances were I was dead. True. Although I think that's more a circle thing than anything else. Okay, but because like that of the was stones. a... That yeah, was Cromac a, is who you're talking about. Cromac, yeah. And that was an all-at-once and game over. True. Now, we... I've never played 
now, though. We yep. have talked numerous times about you basically just so, steamrolling people. You have uh, this combo that happens, and then they just lose. So there was there was something very similar in Malifaux with a character called the Dreamer, where the Dreamer basically could go deployment zone in a turn, could go deployment zone to deployment zone, kill a model, and come, come at least halfway back down the board towards safety. All right, we didn't actually talk about that combo. We talked about you just endlessly attacking until everything was dead. Um... Yeah, I, I, I think I know what you're talking about. That happened in a game, and it was actually in response to people attacking me. But uh, but this one, so the Dreamer could go, basically, turn one, deployment zone to deployment zone, make a series of attacks, but in typically enough to kill a character, and then bounce back out. The thing about that was, even if I killed, regardless of who I killed, I may hurt you, but... It didn't end the game, and you could still recover. Right? It was hard. It put you on your back foot. It was a negative play experience, and those are a lot of reasons why they changed that. Uh, and they even changed it during the, the original, you know, before they changed editions. But it wasn't game ending. So I don't know which is better. Is it better to be like f this? I'm out of the game. I just lost, and I'm not still playing. Which or, means you could then go play a new game, right? Or be forced in to a game it for a couple like, Screw it! I'm gonna flip the table and quit. I, I'm not gonna make a judgment call on that because I think they're both bad. They are both bad, and right. it's probably person by person preference. Right. However, I would argue that the game being over is a little better as long as setup doesn't take forever. Because it allows you to move on, sure, and then generate a potential positive experience. I mean, my my argument when that was in the game was, I, and I, I played against it several times. It was hard to play against in Malifaux, and I actually got a lot of crap for saying, you know, basically play better, um, except the fact you're going to lose a model and do your deployment in a way that you dictate what model you're going to lose. Yeah, I, I mean... Which was doable. But but that's all, every one of those situations. I can say the same thing when you get assassinated in an angle you didn't expect. Right. Play, place your caster Play in a place better. that it doesn't happen. Yep. Yeah, right? Yeah. No, I, no, no so disagreement it, at all. I think that's the comfort level in, of with the game with you're the in. Game. That, that you have that opinion versus other people's. Like, it just seems unstoppable. But, the, but that's where I go where I say, I like... The more complicated. I really enjoy the blacksmiths, and I feel that blacksmiths. I've used the term jank a lot. I mean, they have a jank. ton of jank. There is jank in there. You know, there's all these overlapping abilities. There's, like I said, every time we talk about the blacksmiths, I learn something new that I didn't realize I could do because I just had missed that. Right. In like how hard is not actually required in any way because alloy what? alloy at four two is unstoppable anyway. Uh, no. You sure? Um. Yeah. Well. I still disagree with that, although that was that was an interesting game. So Josh is referring to a game. Uh, one of the players in Denver doesn't doesn't bring Hearth in his team, but he still and, brings uh, Alloy. But he still brings good. Alloy. I was shocked by this, and actually spent too long not disengaging, trying to kill Alloy while he was standing uh, near cover next to Doña Quixote Ferris, uh, who hands out plus one armor. Yeah, learned you something that yeah, day. Yeah, four four two is is really good. <laughs> I mean, Venom seemed to like it when people used to put him on the table once in a while. True, true. And you like it when you put Venom on the table. 
You know what? Uh, you know what's almost even nicer than that? Uh, this paint job. Two, two, three. Two, three is really good against some people. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Four, two is good against everybody. True. Two, three is skews against. You know, you just look at like miss, and you just go really. I mean, seriously. Go ahead, take it. <laughs> Come over here. Right. <laughs> Don't miss. Don't roll a one. So, uh, that is the being out of a game thing is, I think, something that Steamforged has put effort, uh, it pays attention to. Because, so in Gilbo, if you lose your captain, you're not out of the game. Everyone comes back. Right. I have played a couple of games of God Tier now. And yeah, what'd you think of God Tier? Like, you were not on the Beer Thralls Vitriol Fest. They were all talking about Alchemists? Oh, uh, no. Oh, I, no. In fact, I think they all swallowed an Alchemist and then spewed out. I hear that they wasn't... I hear that for some of them, they, it wasn't super negative. For some of them. Uh, so, <laughs> I, I would challenge you to listen to that podcast and find the one that was... Well, I'm, I'm sorry. If you want to classify it as super negative, that's cool. The most positive one, I think, was Convy. Really? Not not the uh, junior? Not Jake, no. I, Jake, look, Jake and Convy made a valiant effort, and they still dished their own. You know, Jake did a whole lot of, oh, come on, guys, it's not that bad. These are nice models. And then somebody would say something, he'd go, oh, yeah, I agree with you. You're right. These are shit. <laughs> oh. Wow. Stick with the positivity, guys. All right. Well, <laughs> so I, I, uh, I am not super aesthetically motivated. I've only ever bought one model for aesthetics, and that was the Dragon King and Kingdom Death Monster. Fair. Because that model is fucking glorious. And huge. And huge. Um, but exit right. I will say... to the right to exit 16B, US 29 South Silver Spring. I think we are near the gritty Stay of to the right to exit 16B, I should hope so. US 29 South <laughs> Silver Spring. Since we're getting really close to the beginning of the tournament. Is, it, is that registration time or start time? Uh, we're going to find out when we get My there. My guess is registration. Let's we'll figure so. it out. Look, they're just going to make us match up in round one if it's start time. True. It's very true. Um, damn it. So, in terms of... So, I will say, Godier does a good job of not getting you out of the game, even if things are really going badly. Yeah, because nothing actually dies. Nothing actually dies. Well, I was followers actually die. He just can always recruit more. Yeah, I was surprised to see that. Um, I thought that I actually... So, I, I admittedly, I didn't play... Bef- I didn't get it before we got that rule change. Miles. Right. It lets you focus on your champions because you can use the other guys more. You're will- more willing to use them as control pieces or chaff or whatever you need. Which, like, if you need to send them out just to stop movement, you can. To be fair, everything in that game is focused on the champions, right down to the fact the champions are, you know, twice the size of the followers. Or more. True, for the most part. Golem. Well, okay. So... He is not, but his massive plinth of stones he's standing on. No, no. I mean, Gollum, the actual follower, is bigger than half the champions. Ah, ah I see what you're talking about. Like, okay. you could stack three of Rodri's up on top of each other, <laughs> and that would be one Gollum. Fair. In fact, they should get three attacks at Rodri's dice, because it's Gollum. Fair. Um, but, like, I will say, I even, even when I... So, my first game, I felt really out of it. 
for the first two turns because it was Laura San and she hadn't had the most recent change, which they just updated her. Oh, oh Laura San, the killer? Yeah, the straight I win. Straight, yeah, the I win bottle? Right, they, so the, her recent change actually fixes that. But um, he handily won round one and round two. Because I was just like, I don't know what to do. Exit right to exit 13. Now, the nice Maryland thing is, though, were you Open. able to... Were you able then to rally... Screw you. Were you able to rally for turn three? Rally being me... a key term here, will not use the word rally. Was I able to make a good comeback? Yes. I, a I, good comeback, The yeah. first game, I won round three, which helped a lot. Because then, this, then technically, the fact that I won, lost the first two turns doesn't actually matter because the score is still tied 3-3. And that's one of the big balancing mechanics. Is no matter how badly a turn is going, they're only going to get X amount of points for it. Right, yeah. Well, that was why I was wondering, because, like, turn three seems to be the critical turn. You're either going to... You're either... You've either done well and you're going to win the game on turn three, or that's your... You know, you score as many points as you lost... Up to that point. Up to that point. Right. And that... If... You, if you lose one and two and win three, then four decides the game. Right. Um, it, it is it is interesting. And we're hey, navigating. we are here, so uh, we should just come back and talk about how badly we did after the tournament. Well, I mean, if your goal is to do badly, we can certainly do that. No, I'm going to win, but you know. Now, if we're matched up in round one, because, you know, I've played one game in two months, you know that means I can't be beat. I, I actually... Mostly because I just I get all the rules wrong and just go, um, yeah, that works. So, cool. Let's sign off, and uh, we'll be back after.